This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. How are transit systems dealing with the large transition of workers away from the office? In San Francisco, it's been quite the opposite of what you might expect. Transit authorities there are wanting massive new investments in transit. Cato's Mark Joffe provides some details. Among the many disruptions that the pandemic gave us, transportation systems was a big one. And cities, uh, how did they respond with, with transit and things like that? Well, they tried to maintain their, uh, their schedules, but uh, because of work from home, a lot of people stopped using it. Uh, the, the bottom came a couple of months into the pandemic, and it's only gradually recovered since then, especially in cities that are very tech-heavy like San Francisco. Okay, so uh, what was San Francisco's uh, response specifically? Well, San Francisco, uh, like the rest of California, had a pretty strong lockdown approach. Uh, The local media showed a lot of concern about the spread of COVID. And I think people uh, took the advice to mask heavily, socially distance, and generally avoid the workplace. So uh, the idea of working from home became a bit more embedded in San Francisco than it did in comparable cities like Austin or, or Miami. All right. What, you know, here coming up on three years since the beginning of the pandemic, what what should transit systems be rethinking? Well, it's going to it's going to depend, obviously, on their their ridership. So uh, the Bay Area Rapid Transit System, which is the commuter system for the for San Francisco, has suffered a pretty steep drop and it's not really coming back. I think it's around, uh, you know, 40 percent of the pre-pandemic level. So if it's facing that type of situation, the transit system really has to consider how it's going to right-size its its service. Uh, uh, Because if it maintains the existing level of service, it may not be able to pay, you know, it won't won't be able to get enough uh, ridership revenue to be able to uh, balance its budget. The, The systems may attempt to get more tax revenue. So for example, we think that BART in 2024 will propose an additional sales tax to try to balance its books. But it's hard to say whether voters will accept that because the vast majority of writers of, of voters now are not BART writers, so they may not be that willing to pay the extra tax. So unless there's another an alternative revenue source, the only way forward is really to cut spending. Now, one problem there is that if you reduce the frequency of service too much, then people are really dissuaded from riding because they they don't know when they get to the station you know, how long they're going to have to wait. Could it be 15, 30 minutes? And you get to the point where, well, you might as well just drive or, or take an Uber. So maintaining frequency is very important. But the problem is that every time you run a train on, on BART, you're using uh, an operator who um, you know, receives uh, pretty good compensation you know, by, by national standards. So one thing that BART could do, and it's in a, a particularly good position to explore this, is the idea of using automated trains that don't have an operator. The system was built uh, to support that. I think there would have to be some modernizations like the inclusion of platform doors. But that is really something that they should look into because then you could run a single car train every five minutes throughout the entire system throughout the day. And people would be, you know, I think really excited to 
you know, use the system because they're not going to have to wait. And the ridership will go up and costs won't go up because they won't be using operators. What are they doing? Pretty much same, you know, same old, same old. That the This idea that I'm putting forward here is one that I don't think unions would love and unions are very powerful in the in the bay area so i think it ha- it faces that type of headwind so you know we have seen plans uh to you know make uh drastic service cuts including eliminating two of the five lines i think a lot of that is intended to you know scare the public into voting for a tax increase in 2024 so we'll have to see i think right now a lot of it is uh rearranging deck ter- chairs around the titanic but the, the one thing that I'm also really concerned about is that while we have this service uh, or this ridership drop, plans are still going ahead to expand the system. And, you know, that's going to be very expensive. So there's one expansion that's currently well underway in terms of planning for, uh, you know, four new stations in San Jose at a cost of $9.3 billion. And then there's a second plan to run a tunnel under the uh, San Francisco Bay, parallel to the existing tunnel, so doubling the cross-bay capacity when we don't really need it, at a cost of $29 billion. So that just seems to me to really be uh, delusional, given the fact that ridership has dropped so much, there's just really no reason to think that those trains are going to be filled with people if they were added. And uh, this is amid at least in the tech sector, pretty big layoffs. Yes, there's been a, a lot of layoffs. And again, the work from home you know, seems to be becoming a permanent feature. So especially on a, you know, a Monday or a Friday, you're going to see like really low ridership. It could be argued that BART is simply attempting to prepare for a time when uh, employment bounces back, when work from home is finally revealed to be a massive uh, fraud and a problem, and uh, these people just need to suck it up and get back to the office. What do you think? I, I think that there there is some possibility that work from home will, will, will go down somewhat. Uh, Elon Musk, is you know very high profile uh, owner now of Twitter has insisted on 100 um, percent working in person. It's possible that that could become a model for other firms. But the thing that Elon Musk is also proving at Twitter is that you can run a large technology firm with much fewer people than we previously thought. So employment at Twitter is down something like 70 percent from before Elon Musk took over, and at the time that he did the layoffs, there was a lot of speculation that the site would collapse. You know, now, you know, we're recording this, I think it's two and a half, three months in, and the collapse hasn't happened. So it does look like you can run a large social media platform like Twitter with a lot fewer people. And now you're, see- you're seeing other, you know, entities like, you know, Facebook or now called Meta and Salesforce and Coinbase and, and so forth, you know, all, all doing significant layoffs. The theory has been, I think, you know, from Bay Area promoters that, you know, we've gone through this before. There have been big employment drops and then things come roaring back at a much higher level. I think the problem with making an analogy to what happened in the dot-com bust of 2000 is that the internet now is really pretty much fully built out. You know, back in 2000, 
Many people didn't have access to internet at all. Almost nobody had access to high-speed internet. You know, now we're in 2023. You know, pretty much everyone wants to be connected to the internet at high speed, except for some people in rural areas is. So there's not a lot of, you know, more development in terms of, you know, getting more eyeballs onto the internet than, than we already have. So it's really hard to see you know, how we can get up to the next level of utilization beyond what we have right now with everybody pretty much fully engaged with the internet. And so it's hard to see how we could get to another peak of employment. And if companies realize that they can serve this existing audience with a lot fewer people, uh, I think there's a potential for us to have an equilibrium that's a lot lower in terms of employment level. Are there transit systems that have grappled with this fact? I mean, I guess the Bay Area is kind of special in a way, but uh... Are there, you know, plans that transit systems have to say, hey, we've just got so much, so many fewer people that are going to be riding from here on out. We need to uh, reshuffle how we do things. I have not seen great counterexamples. You know, the one that's the most visible is New York City. Uh, This subway has not taken as big a hit in New York as it has in San Francisco, but it's still way down. And I haven't really seen a credible plan for them to go forward other than to continue to ask the federal government for money. You know, that model worked really well in 2021 and 2022. Now with divided government, it's really hard to see how uh, transit systems are going to receive another infusion of uh, operating funds like they have in the past. Mark Joffe is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.